So remember that the next time you see an RO and you feel like cussing them out or getting pissed off because they called a DQ, think about that they're not paid. This isn't their job. They are just like you and I, but dumb enough to RO. <laughs> Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, everybody? Tom Castro from the Tom Castro Shooting Academy. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. I'm obviously doing the podcast, as you can tell. I don't know if you can see, but I'm doing it in my vehicle. I am on my way home from Texas. And I had a lot of time from Texas, from the drive home from the Texas Open Championship. And I figured I'd throw a podcast together, but I'm trying out some new video equipment. So hopefully this works out okay. It'll be the first time that I've actually used this video equipment and this mic together. So we're gonna see if it works out. So this podcast is about ROs and ROing a match. This is not intended to be a negative towards ROs. This is not to be a negative in the experience that I've had. I just want to bring up a few things that have been brought to my attention that haven't happened to me personally and quite a few things that have happened to me personally in the last two matches that I just shot. So I figured I, this would be a great opportunity for me to bring them up because they just happened in my last two matches. So the first things first, the RO is there to run the timer. After the timer, they are there for safety. So, well, I guess safety first, timer second. But they are not there to be in charge of you. They are not there to be your boss. They are not there to be a dictator of shooters in this sport. The ROs should do everything in their power to keep a shooter in a match and to make sure that every shooter is treated fairly and ROed exactly the same way. There should never be, here comes a great shooter, we're gonna let his guy get away with more. Here comes a C-class guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna RO him hard because I know he's not as good and he's gonna make mistakes more. There should never be that. There should be no separation in shooters. I don't care if you're the best shooter in the world or or you're a C-class guy or a D-class guy. It doesn't matter. You, you should treat everyone the same way. If you're gonna make a call, you need to make the call the same way for everyone. At the end of the day, this sport is about us, the shooters, including the ROs, because those guys are volunteering, busting their ass. It's a thankless job. It really is. I've done it a lot. I still do it. I'm a match director. I run matches. It's a thankless job that gets lost in this sport. Unfortunately, we don't have paid ROs. We probably won't see paid ROs for a long time. So right now, we have volunteers. So I'll start off with this. Let's 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 start off with this because this is really important. Your attitude as an RO is so important. It changes. It, it completely changes the way you are treated, or I'll say respected, in the community as shooters. So if you are a hard ass and you're looking to DQ people. You 
you're probably not going to be very popular or you're not going to be you're not going to have a good experience as an RO as others will now that doesn't mean to not make the call right I've seen that as well I've seen guys that are so nice that they refuse to make the call if you see a DQ and you're 100% sure of a DQ, you have to make that call for, for a couple of different reasons. One, no one learns if you let them slide, right? It's a learning process. It, if someone gets DQ'd and it's a, it's a good call, you have to believe in your call. And, and that person that gets DQ'd shouldn't look at you as if you're trying to screw him. I mean, there are people that do that, but you shouldn't be doing that. So that person should look at it and go, okay, uh, you know, I gave the, the RO the opportunity to DQ me. That would be number one thing as a shooter. I'm looking at it as in what could I have done to not be DQ'd? How, how did I present the firearm or, you know, how did I draw too soon and pull the trigger? All, all those different things. At the end of the day, if the safety falls on the shooter, not the RO, the call falls on the RO. It's not the RO's fault that you got close to the 180 and they made the call. That's all there is to it. It's not their fault. That being said, if you are not 100% sure that the call is correct, if you're not 100% sure <laughs> that you saw that gun muzzle break the 180 or, or they pulled the trigger uh, you know too early or, or whatever it is whatever that call is it's I mean whatever it is you need to make sure that you're 100% sure that's the the biggest thing I see with ROs and it's not everyone. I don't want this to seem like this is just all RO suck. It's not. It's just individual cases. Your job as the RO is not to be Mr. Right, period. It's not your job to be Mr. Right. You have a team that surrounds you. Use your team to get those calls correct. If you call a 180 on someone, and the shooter says no way or whatever they say or you know they some say yes they understood they did it some say no there's no way whatever it is go to your other ROs and see what they saw don't be that guy that doesn't use your team that you've been working with all day to make that call go to them they might have seen something that you didn't if you have the timer in your hand you have a lot of responsibilities other than just the gun you have to we'll get into that in a minute but there's more than just the gun to be watching period there's the, and this is one of the things where i feel like nori really fails in some of the training that we that they do they do a really good job but there's this realistic RO stuff that we don't talk about, right? When, when you're actually really ROing and not just following what's in the book. You, as an RO, should always try to keep the shooter in the match. If the shooters aren't in the match, <laughs> we don't have one. If you are known as the guy who DQs people all the time, just because you're a hard ass 
you're not, it's not going to go well. You, you probably shouldn't be an RO if you're that guy. That's, that's, that's all there is to it. Now, I'm not saying that, again, there's a lot of little gray areas in this conversation. I'm not saying that you shouldn't DQ people if they've earned it. You should 100% be DQing people and following the rules, okay? You should be following the rules. But when someone does something that you think happened and it didn't, you can't make that call. You have to make sure you're 100% on that call. Sometimes you need a minute, 30 seconds to even think about what you saw, right? Sometimes when a guy breaks a 180, which I've, I've called quite a few of them in my, in my, in my ROing days, you have to make sure sometimes like, whoa, did I just see that? Right? Because it's going so fast. So you have to make that decision. You have to make that decision. Sometimes you need a little bit of time. Sometimes what you think you saw, you didn't actually see. And that's okay. You have to remember this is, it's going so fast. There's going to be times that you don't get it right a hundred percent of the time. And that's okay. But when the, when the shooter comes over and starts talking to you, don't be a dick, right? Have a conversation with the shooter. If the shooter starts becoming belligerent or getting upset with you, you just say, you know what, man, that's what I saw. Uh, let me go talk to my other ROs. Let's make sure everything, you know, I saw what I needed to see. Maybe the other ROs didn't see it and you were hundred percent correct. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. I, I'm not saying let's, let's have this big giant meeting and a conversation on everything, but instead of being a dick to the guy, and, and yelling at each other or whatever it is, call the range master, let him do his job. That's what he's there for. He's there to do that for his job. Your job is to call the scores and make sure you you are protecting the rest of the shooters as well as yourself and the shooters that are on that range with safety. That's the number one rule that you have as an RO is safety. Scores and all of those things follow afterwards. That being said, if you don't use your team, that's where you start to have issues. So I'll give you an example of something that happened to me in the last two matches. This is just me personally. So I had a match, I went to area six and I had a match and I had a, I, I shot the stage bad. I, I had one target, I shot a no shoot and I hadn't decided whether I was gonna come back for it or not. It was about a step after I shot the front section of the target and I had to run back. So I said, okay, uh, I said, all right, I, I, again, this is all within, you know, like a second. I had to make this decision what I want to do less than a second. So it depended on how the front section went. So as I got to the front, I started shooting, shot everything exactly the way it was supposed to go. So I decided to jump back and take that shot. Well, the RO was right on top of me. I mean, damn near touching me with the timer. So as I jump back, I see him directly. I mean, I'm going to run into him. I'm going to smash into him if I don't veer away out loud. Instead of cheating and smashing into this RO, because it would have been nasty. I mean, trust me, I, when I came out of that position, I threw my elbow back. I, I would have laid him out if I would have just kept going. So as I drive back, I see him and I have to veer 
away from him and go forward away from where I needed to be. So he did an amazing job, by the way. I'd like to give him a compliment. And again, this isn't personal, guys. I don't want anyone to think this is personal. He jumped out of the way and like there was a wall there. He jumped out of the way and we did not make contact. So that was a great thing. We never made contact between him jumping out of the way and me veering out of the way, basically him impeding me. uh, We didn't run into each other. I ended up passing him. And I knew I passed him because I could see him behind my head as I went by. So I, I absolutely passed him and got and shot the target. So stage is over and I just unloaded and showed clear and I waited a second to kind of like, was I going to, I don't want to say argue because it wasn't an argument, but was I going to bring it up that I felt like he interfered with me? So the way I brought it up so that so it was calm because i was i was frustrated that he became part of my stage because he shouldn't have been so i was a little frustrated with that and and obviously i was frustrated with myself because of the way i shot and at the end of the day no matter what the call was going to be it was my fault i allowed the ro to become part of my match. And this is what I talk about all the time. Shooters are responsible for their own stages. If you break the 180, it's on you as a shooter. It's not the RO's fault that he called the 180. Why did you allow a 179.99? Why did you allow that question uh, or allow them to, to put that in there? Right. That, I guess I'll say it like that. They, you allowed them to become part of your match, <laughs> which is not good. You don't want the ROs to be there for anything else but score and timer. That's it. So at the end of the day, I waited about. I have it on video. I, did, I, I videoed actually. Forgot to turn my timer off or whatever, or the camera off when I when that happened. So instantly, I unload and show clear after he tells me to, and he instantly yells the timeout. I didn't even hear the time. I was still like processing whether I wanted to ask for a reshoot or, or, or how I was going to handle it. Because unfortunately, the level that I've gotten to, there's a lot of people that talk shit <laughs> in this sport. So instantly, I'm like, all right, well, I almost ran into the RO. You know, how do I handle this without you know, yelling and screaming and being upset. And and I feel like he got in my way. So he, he yells the timeout or calls the timeout, which is what he was supposed to do. I had already unloaded and showed clear. And I didn't, I didn't want to argue with him with my firearm in my hand. So I chose not to do that. I decided to unload, show clear and make the range safe. Like his commands told me to. So before he got to the first target, I said, you know, hold on a second. Stop. I'd like to talk to you for a second. So he turns around very nice. He was very nice. He wasn't jerk or anything. So we're having a conversation. I said, listen, I would really like to, I want to give you the opportunity to tell me if you feel like you interfered with me. He said, nope, definitely not. I was 100%. Definitely. We didn't hit each other. And I knew you were coming back 100%. I said, okay. I said, all right. So I thought about it for a second. I didn't even, I didn't let the conversation go any farther. And I said, all right. So again, you were behind me. You were in front of me. I passed you. Like when I 
jumped back. I had to go, get out of your way because we were going to run into each other. And I know I passed you because I could see my, I could see you as I went past you in the, in my peripheral vision. So I want to give you the opportunity to tell me if you felt like you interfered with me. And he was, it was absolute no, 100% no. I knew you were coming back. Da, 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 da. So right there, I knew that conversation wasn't going to go any farther with the RO. So I decided that it was time to call the range master. So the range master came. It took him a little while to get there. I mean, it's, you know, it was a big match. So he had a lot of other things to do. The range master comes in. They decided to approve the score so they could move on, which was fine. They, they scored everything and, and it was on. I didn't approve it. I just let them approve it and waited on them to come and, and do the reshoot or let me know what I was, what the decision was. So the range master comes to the, to the range and talks to the side ROs first because the range officer that was running the timer was the CRO on the stage. We'll get into the CRO conversation in a minute. So we have that conversation. He, he walks up to the two ROs that were there, the one side RO that had the best view. He was standing at the 180 line on the left-hand side that saw directly into what happened when I jumped back. So the RO, the range master walks up to him and says, what happened? So I don't, when that happens and the range master comes over, I don't speak to the range master. So as a shooter, you should stay out of the conversation so that your emotions don't get involved until the range master makes a call. Okay, I've learned my lesson to just shut up. I know that doesn't sound right, but I've learned my lesson to just shut up, let the range master and the ROs have a conversation so that everybody can kind of work it out. The range master's coming in there and has no idea what just happened. Okay, so, so you have to give him a minute to make a decision and process everything because you're going to have probably three to four people that are going to have a conversation with him before you know, you get a, a ruling. So he walks up to the side RO and the RO says he absolutely interfered with Tom. Tom actually passed him. So that was okay. And I hear this now again, I'm, I'm, I stay away. I don't, I don't want to get in, in, involved. So the side RO says he 100% interfered with Tom. We have it on video. Didn't look at my video. One of the other ROs had a video of it. Like they videoed my run. So they called it. He said it was interference. The range master says, okay, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's a hundred percent a reshoot. The range master decides to pull, which is what he should have done. He pulls the actual CRO, the RO that was running the timer over and has a conversation with him. That RO, says, nope, I knew he was doing it, da 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 da, da. I knew he was jumping back and da 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 all these things, right? So obviously he tells his story and says that he was prepared, he knew I was jumping back, all these different things. And I guess 
where I get a little frustrated is I didn't know I was going to go back. I had to make the decision while I was at the front. So if I don't know I'm going backwards, how do you know I'm going backwards? Because I didn't know if I was going to do it. I didn't know if it was worth the time. I just knew I was going to be down 20 points to one of the best shooters in the world. <laughs> and I, I didn't need to lose those, those 20 points. I had already lost 10 because I shot a no shoot. So I, I just, you know, beyond my personal feelings about how everything went, the reason I brought this up and I'm even talking about this publicly, because it, it didn't, it didn't cost me the match, right? I, I lost the match in uh, one KC was unreal shot amazing, which he always does, but he just crushed it. But I made a few mistakes in, a, in the stage before that, that accumulated to me not getting first place. Regardless, I, I needed to shoot better. But what bothered me was that no matter how much information came out of the team that was ROing, that the main guy who had the timer in his hand that was jumping out of the way, that can't physically see where I was even standing when I jumped behind him, <laughs> made the final call. And that the range master did not take that side ROs information into consideration when the best view of all of them was the side RO. This does nothing to do with me. This is for everyone because I'm seeing this a lot. So originally I was very upset about it. I won't get into what happened after that with the, I went into arbitration. That's going to be a totally separate video and topic later on. This is all about the ROs though, guys. So I go back and I watch the video and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not really upset about the arbitration thing. And, and, and even, even the call that he made, I had to deal with it. It's my fault. I blame myself. That's, that's just the way I am. Anyway, I blame myself. I screwed up. I put myself in that situation. I go back and watch that video, not just to analyze my, my shooting, because I, I really wanted to know where I messed up on that stage. That was a big stage mentally for me where I screwed up. But I went back and started watching the video just to kind of see, man, did I actually see what I saw while I was shooting? Like, did I really pass him like I thought I did? Did I only just come even with him or did I actually pass him? And I passed him by a lot. Like, he was damn near in front of me. Uh, the only thing that saved him was that my gun was at the 175 mark when I ran past him. If he would have been, if I would have been facing downrange, his gun, my gun muzzle would have been right next to his face. That's how far I passed him. So what he saw in his brain wasn't even close to reality. And this is why I brought up at the beginning, you cannot, you cannot as an RO allow your personal pride to get in the way. It needs to be the right call. That conversation should have never had that RO with the timer in his hand, even involved in the decision-making. It should have been, what did you see? As the RO, what did you see? Take his story and then get the other RO stories as well, period. Being aware of how the stage can be ran. Right now, I 
I'm going to tell you, there are shooters that do some really weird things <laughs> in their stage plans, right? Like, they might start at the front and run it their way. I won't say good or bad, but their way. And you have to go, oh, okay, he's going to... But they're still running to the same positions, right? They still have to go to the same positions that everyone else had to go to. So if you know there's locked-in positions, know they're going to go there. It's that simple, right? So as an RO... Use your team to watch those positions. If you know that there's a 180 that everyone can break, you need to set up a guy there. Know your positions. Know where the shooters could be unsafe. That's really important to, to know so that it makes your job easier as the guy with the timer. Right? With the guy with the timer. You want everything to be easy, smooth, no problems, no arguments. Everybody comes in, everybody walks out happy. Right? That's what you're looking for as an RO. Very, very important. The other thing about this specific story is that the side ROs did not stop the play. They did not stop the course of fire when I passed him. They should have immediately stopped the course of fire when I passed him. As soon as I got past him, that's the end of the stage. End of the stage. I'm in the middle of shooting. I'm past you. It's unsafe. Stay. Stop. Period. Stop. Automatic reshoot. Automatic reshoot. I did not want a reshoot. I did not want to run into the RO. That's why this conversation is happening. But as soon as he interjected his mistake into my stage, now it affected my actual time. It affected my actual stage. That's why I wanted to bring this up because your ROs should never even be there while you're shooting. They are there to hold the timer and get your score, period. They are there for your safety commands. They are not there to have a conversation. They are not there to do anything else but score your targets. If you interact with your RO, that's for you, right? If you want to laugh and joke with your RO, that's fine. But there should not be a whole lot of extra conversation in there brought to you by the RO right? I'm one of those guys that talks to all the ROs because I know what that job is. So I will interact with them a lot more than just make ready, right? I appreciate what they do. So to me, if you can laugh and joke and have a good time and keep it loose, I mean, I don't know how many times I've shot a Charlie and the guy will pull out a, a card and be like, here, I was like, man, it's not even close. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, I appreciate it, but you know, I didn't earn it. So don't, don't change it, you know, or don't even try. It's so far away. I wouldn't even card it, you know, as an RO. So it, again, it's, it, you know, they have a thankless job, but where it becomes frustrating as a shooter, as a competitor, as well as an RO is that you cannot allow your personal pride to get in the way. If you are an RO, that is never wrong. Get out now. Stop ROing, period. I don't care how bad your club needs help. I don't care how bad you, you, how much work you do. You do not have the personality to be an RO. 
Period. That's it. I mean, I, I'm sorry to say, and, I, and I, hopefully no clubs get pissed off because they lose a volunteer, but if you cannot admit that you make mistakes as a human being, you should not be an RO. I don't know how many times I've made mistakes as an RO and gone to the other ROs while I'm working majors and said, hey, man, you know, what did you see? Foot faults is a great example. Foot faults is a great example. If you saw a foot fault and the other ROs can't confirm it, it shouldn't be a foot fault. Right? Unless you guarantee it's a foot fault, you shouldn't be caught. It's, those things are usually so close that you really need another opinion on that. Again, work with your teammates. Work with your team. You have three to four ROs for a reason. But before I get off this subject, don't be prideful as an RO. Work with your team. Understand that you're going to make mistakes. Things are going so fast that you're not always going to get the right call. And it's okay. No one will be upset with you if you make a mistake. It's part of this sport, human nature in general. But where people get pissed off is when you're such a stubborn person that you can't take in all the other information that is given to you to show you that you might have made a mistake. Okay, topic number two for the ROs. And I, I started to get into it, but I got back on uh, onto this part about being prideful. Number two, if you are an RO that is holding the timer, let's start with the beep. Okay, let's start with the beep. You need to hold the timer next to their ear for every shooter, not just one shooter, but all of the shooters. So the reason I'm bringing this subject up is because the same exact stage that I shot at area six, when the gentleman beeped me, he held the timer probably two to three feet away from my head, down below my shoulder, okay? Then he beeps it and walks away while he's beeping it. So I didn't hear the timer until the very end of the beep. There was a gun on my left going off as well. So now I have the other range's firearms going off, <laughs> the other shooters going off, and the timer going away from me and beeping. So now, why is that a big deal? Because I'm at a huge disadvantage because I didn't hear the timer like everyone else might have heard. Now, I will say, this subject is a little bit different for other people, for some, a, a, a little bit. There's a lot of gray area in this, right? So I know people that are hard of hearing. So they'll go, hey, I need you to bring the timer right next to my ear. I have other guys that, like, I have electronic ears. So I have pretty expensive electronic ears. I can usually hear them clicking the button when the timer is being pushed. But... I can't hear the timer if it's three feet away from me. That first beep, I can't hear very well, even with electronic ears. 
So there's a huge disadvantage if I stand up at that line and my RO is standing three feet away from me compared to a guy who has the timer right next to his ear. So we talk about this all the time, well, some people do, about competitive equity. Well, you just lost all of your competitive equity when you give people different beeps, right? So if you're short stroking or short, uh, short beeping everybody on that, on the timer, but then you give another guy a three to four second hold, that's a completely different situation, right? So now you've given one guy a very long beep, but you've given every other shorter a quick beep, right? It should be random. But again, my, my issue there is now the RO is affecting my scores because of the way he started me, right? My draw was 0.20 slower than what it should have been. Obviously, I'm going off my average draw and the distance of that target because I didn't hear the timer like I should have. This is just a couple of examples that happened to me personally, and I'm going to get into another story on the next on the next match that will kind of give you guys an idea of what I learned from my Area 6 video. So go on, go, you know, these are things that I saw after the match. I was able to go back and analyze things, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring this up. And the guy, the RO isn't trying to screw me. I didn't, he didn't have it out for me. He wasn't being a jerk. It's just those little things that you don't pay attention to. And if he would have done it for every single shooter, I probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. But I didn't see him do it for any other shooter at all. I just happened to see it. And I, obviously, I wouldn't have known. And I didn't know because he was my RO. <laughs> and I can't see behind me. So we go into that. And that, so that's what kind of made me, you know, like, you know what, man? That was just a really screwed up stage that the RO got involved with and shouldn't have been even involved. So we go into that. So that that's over. You know, it is what it is. But it, then I come into Texas, right? I'm going into a match here in Texas Open. And they had a lot of start in the back or, or forced start positions at this match. So the RO was forced to come into the shooting area and then exit the shooting area during your beep, right? So during the beep, they would come up, RO, stand by, beep, but then have to exit real quick because if you were going to, so basically a retreat on a lot of these stages. So there was this specific stage that I was standing on or that I was watching and a lot, well, every single shooter that he RO'd, he stayed a good three to four yards away from them when he beeped the timer. Now I will say, the one great thing about that RO in Texas was that he did it to everyone. It was consistent for everyone. Okay. Obviously I was there coaching a class and, and working with my class and I told all of them request him to move forward. Make sure you ask him to have the timer right next to your ear. So here's where the problem is, guys. This is what I'm talking about. The competitive equity has just been lost because you can request him to come closer. 
right? You can request him to come closer. So I asked him when it was my turn. I think I was like third or fourth. I, I told all the other guys, if you want him to make him come closer, he, he will come closer for you. You know, obviously. And then I, I told the RO, could you please come closer? I'm going to this direction. So I wasn't going to run right at him on the beat. So he's like, oh, thank you so much for letting me know. Because that way he could be comfortable enough and safety first, obviously for me and for him that he would be able to get out of my way in plenty of time, that he wasn't going to have to race away from me or try to fade away with the timer. He was able to go to just beep it and then calmly move out of the shooting area. So I asked him to come closer and he did, which is what you're supposed to do as the RO, right? Again, it's about the shooter. <laughs> if you are a shooter and RO in this sport, which I'm assuming you are because most people that shoot that RO are shooters as well. You should want to be treated this. You should treat the shooters the same way you would want to be treated, right? I mean, if someone was to request for me to get closer with the timer, you better damn well believe I'm going to be right up on that guy's ear, right? I'm going to be right on top of that guy to make sure he can hear that timer, right? I want him to be successful and have the best match he can. Why? Because it reflects on two things. One and first of all, me as an RO, I want to be polite, courteous, helpful, and I want the, the shooter to have a great experience at the match. Number two, it gives your match and your range a great reputation for having friendly and happy staff. All of us have gone to a match or a range and met a dickhead. All of us. We've all seen that RO that has a personality of a rock that's just looking to screw you over, looking to give you bad hits. Look, I mean, you name it. That, that, that RO just is just a grumpy son bitch, doesn't live a happy life, so he comes to the range to just ruin everyone else's day. We've all seen that guy. So there's nothing new or special that I'm talking about right now. So when, when you're the RO and the timer is what starts it off, <laughs> you got to make sure that you do a good job at that. I'm, I'm sorry. That's kind of an important thing. The timer is how you start your stage. Let's get back into the timer at the end of the stage. And I see this more than I would like to admit. I see this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. When you have the timer, at the end of the stage, you have one job and one job only at the end of the stage. Hold the timer out to get the final shot. Please, ROs, please look at the last shot. You don't need to look at the gun on the last shot. You just don't need to. All you have to do is hold the timer out and watch the click the last shot go off, okay? As soon as the last shot goes off, remove the timer from the shooting area. Don't put it near his gun. Don't put it near his mouth. Don't put it near his face. He doesn't need to see the time. You don't need to see the time because you watched it click, done, period. Now, once you see the time click, have it in your mind what it is, period. Just, just look at it. 
and watch what it is. You don't have to remember the exact number, but you do need to know, let's just, I'll give you a good example. If it's a nine second run, you need to make sure it doesn't be 15 at the end if you saw a nine click over on the first number. You really only need to worry about the first number. <laughs> Everything else will follow after that. So I'll give you a little story, and this kind of wraps up some of the stuff that I was talking about before. I'll give you a story about what happened to me at this Texas match. So I shoot a stage, and I have two makeup shots on this stage. Shot it pretty well, felt good about it. I didn't really know what everybody else's times were. I don't really pay attention to anybody else's times, but we had some good shooters on our squad in my class, uh, some higher end shooters that I think they ran it around 11, something like that. And they shot it really well, right? Shot it well, shooting carry optics. A couple guys were carry optics. I, I was shooting open, obviously. So there might be a little bit of a difference. Plus obviously where my level is of shooting, there's gonna be a little bit of a difference. Usually um, two to three seconds, depending on the stage uh, uh, with most of the guys that I was shooting with. So I shoot the stage and I, he, you know, everything's good. I have two makeup shots. I only thought I had one makeup shot, which again, that's fine. I knew I missed one on steel. So I had to make up that. And then I had, I ended up taking a makeup shot. Well, it wasn't a makeup shot. I shot three on purpose into my last target, but the target was kind of falling out of bounds uh, because it was such a tight spot. So that's kind of why I ended up falling out of bounds there. So I took three shots into that. So technically out of a 20, uh, it was a 20 round uh, stage. I shot 22 rounds. So we finish, I unload and show clear. And I realize while I'm doing this, that he has the timer right next to my gun as I'm racking. Now, I don't know why I do this, but I have a habit of after I catch the round, I rack it three or four more times, right? I don't know why I do that, but it's just kind of like a, a little habit I have or a tick that I, I've created in my unload show clear. So as we're going through this, <laughs> uh, I, he yells out 15 something. I said, no, right away. Nope. That's not the right time. I knew the stage wasn't 15 seconds. I wasn't sure what everybody else had, but I knew 1 million percent that it wasn't 15 seconds. So I want to give you guys a little insight on how the different interaction we had with this RO and the RO in another state. So this RO was like, listen, it was 23 shots. You had a makeup shot here, makeup shot here, makeup shot here. So he didn't, uh, he wasn't sure where the RO, the, the makeup shots were. And I said, I said, no, sir. I said, I had one makeup shot. So he added an extra one and I subtracted one. <laughs> so it was like, we were both wrong and, but neither one of us got upset. We just had a conversation like two grown adult men should have. And I knew he wasn't screwing me over and he knew I wasn't trying to cheat. So it worked out really well. We had an adult conversation and the, the other gentleman had the pad scored everything and said, I need you to approve this. And I said, I said, I'm not going to approve it. Uh, you know, cause at that point we had called the range master. We couldn't come to a, to an agreement on how it worked or whatever it was uh, with me and the R because we, we all sat there and talked, had a conversation and I said, okay, cool. Like, listen, if you can't, if you think it's right, I think it's wrong. Let's just call the range master and we'll have a conversation. So it worked out good. No, again, no one got upset. Nobody's fighting and arguing and any of the bullshit that, you know, people tend to do. So range master comes over, they have a conversation, but before the range master comes over, the RO looks at it and goes, Whoa, I have a five plus second split at the end of this stage. 
So we knew right away, and, I, and the, I'll tell you, the first thing I did as a shooter was I went to my video and I, I grabbed somebody else's phone to time my, time my run. And the reason I did that, guys, wasn't to argue with the RO. It was to make sure that I wasn't incorrect because I really didn't know what my time was. I didn't really know what anybody else's time was when I ran the stage. Everybody else told me their times afterwards, like while I was having a conversation with the RO, but I didn't know what my time was, like what it should be. So when I looked at it, it was nine something, right? And obviously I'm, you know, tap, tap fast as you can, you know, you're going to have a little interaction or a little bit delayed here and there, but it should be close. So we're having the conversation and I realize that it's definitely wrong, 100% wrong. And the RO says to me in between the range master getting there that definitely he picked up an extra shot. Range master comes over, they have a conversation, work it out. They go back, they, they go back to the one that was right before that, like it should have been. And it worked out great. So they asked, does the R, does the shooter agree? Bum, 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 all these things. So I was like, this is how you do it right here. This is the conversation that needs to be had when there's some, I don't want to say confrontation, but when there's a questionable call, right? Because at the end of the day, you need to get the call correct, period. You need to get the correct call. But how you handle it is by taking your pride taking your I'm perfect attitude or I can never be wrong attitude, shove that shit in your pocket and have a normal adult conversation with the shooter. Now, that being said, I know not all shooters come to the RO like I did, <laughs> right? Not all, not all shooters, including myself, are level-headed. Sometimes I get, I'm like, no way. Like, no way, like they, there's no way, you know, that that's the number. I could have done that and, and easily could have done that, but I didn't because I'm learning that, again, I'm learning as well. Every time something like that happens, uh, uh, you have to realize that the RO isn't there to screw you. It's just a call that maybe he made a mistake on. I could have been wrong. I could have 100% been wrong and took that shot that he was talking about. So I needed to go back and confirm that I was right or wrong, either way. But I just, I wanted to bring that story up because there's two things in that story. One, the complete different interaction with that RO compared to the first guy in the first story and how he wasn't as prideful and was willing to admit maybe something went wrong. And it, it might not even have been his fault, right? I mean, it might not even have been his fault. It could have been another gun going off from another part of the range and it just happened to pick that up. You, you, we, there's no telling, right? He could have, I, I could have had a piece of brass hit it when I racked it. I, I don't know, I didn't look, right? I didn't pay attention to it too much. So all those things would have changed my score significantly. I mean, it was a five second addition to my time that I didn't earn. Okay, now that being said, if you are the RO that has that timer, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, you have to start looking at the timer to make sure that you get the last shot. If you don't get the last shot, I know it sucks because 
We have this thing in this sport where if you have reshoots on your stage, it's, you're shamed or people talk shit. Oh, you had reshoots. Oh, we didn't have any. Whatever. At the end of the day, you should be getting the call correct. If someone runs the stage in nine seconds and another guy gets a time of five seconds, there's a significant mistake there. Someone's going to be getting a huge advantage <laughs> for a mistake instead of what they earned. The other thing as an RO, guys, let's get into this subject now because it, it goes into this timer. If you have RO'd multiple people on your stage and your average person is shooting it in nine, 10 seconds and they haven't had a whole bunch of mistakes and they're not running back and forth and all these different things and someone drops a 15 that ran it the same as everyone else, <laughs> you should know that. You have to pay attention to those things, right? Again, this isn't against that RO. He did a great job at the end of the day. He, he was able to, you know, look at it and figure it out. But you have to know what those times are. If you hear a 15 and the guy never, like he didn't have a bunch of misses and all this, he didn't have to go back and forth. That's a significant time difference from what everyone's shooting. You should know that. That's important. Pay attention to your stage, right? And again, I don't want this to sound personal because it's not. This is just in general for all ROs. Pay attention to where, how people are shooting your stage. I see a lot of this where ROs aren't really paying attention to how the stage is ran, right? So if there's a target on the right-hand side and you see the guy run past it, don't jump in there on that RO or on that shooter because he's probably going to have to come back for it. You know, again, you need that last, you need that last shot, but you probably don't need to get as close as you think you need to get. You can hold that timer out, and if you're looking at the timer, you can watch it click, okay? You can, you gotta remember the microphone is what faces the shooter. That's what you need. There's a little microphone on every single timer. Know where that microphone is, that microphone on that timer, and hold it that direction. Because if you don't have it that direction, you're gonna miss some times. Okay. Next subject. You do not, as an RO, need to be up the shooter's ass, period. There is never a reason to be up the shooter's ass while they're shooting a stage. You need the first shot and the last shot. Now, that being said, you should try to get all of the shots so that if there is an issue with their gun or whatever it is, there's no question that you got all the shots, right? So what dominates that, that conversation or what dominates that is safety. What dictates that is safety. You should always put safety first over the competitor's time or score. And where does that, why do I say that? Why is safety the most important part? If there is an uprange start, okay, an uprange start, or a position where the shooter goes up range and has to come back. You don't need that time 
You need to not worry about that. You need to be out of his way. You do not need to be up their ass unless you know they've shot all the stage. You've, they've already shot the entire stage. You've ran this match. You've ran the stage. You know where everybody's going to go. There's no reason that you need to be up their ass if you don't stay back when the shooter has to come back, you're going to run into the same situation that I ran into as a shooter. You're going to always have to worry about them backing into you. There's a couple of different things that go into that, guys. The first thing would be that you don't want to even be involved in, this, in the shooter's decisions, right? You want to be kind of seen but not heard. You don't want to have a situation where there's a controversy, right? As an RO, my goal is to have everyone smile when they leave my stage. I want everyone to have all alphas and shoot great, right? Even my competitors, the guys that I shoot against, I, I don't care. I, I, my job is not to change their scores or to affect their scores. Their job is to shoot good, and if they don't, I call it as it is. I don't want to be involved in a call, okay, I don't want to be involved in a call. I, I, it sucks. It's the worst thing ever when you are making a call and it screws somebody's matchup, right? Because I've made mistakes before. I've had to have, I've had to eat crow. I've had to go in there and talk to the other ROs and go, hey man, did you think it was a foot fault? And they said, no, nah, he was good. So the first thing out of my mouth was like, cool. Like, I, yes, I didn't have to, I didn't have to give this guy a procedural, right? So as we go into that, this has happened quite a bit lately. I've seen this a lot. You have to give the shooter space. So I have seen this probably three, two local matches in a row that we've had because we've had uprange up starts. We actually had one RO turn around and run into the wall because he realized he got stuck. Right? He realized he got stuck in the spot. It was actually very funny after we made sure he was safe, right? We were all laughing. He's laughing. It, it was pretty comical that he literally ran into the wall. Like, we were, we were all, like, dying laughing about it. Now, obviously, everyone yelled stop because he didn't know where the shooter was. He was just trying to get out of the way. Again, ROs on the your back ROs are helping you out. They're doing their job. You're a team. You're not by yourself. You're a team. So that that's really big, guys. You have to remember that your safety is the most important part, right? Your safety as an RO is the most important part. You do not need to put yourself into position to get a score over your safety. So I had a range master once tell me there was a, a stage that we built that had a very tricky kind of spot where if you went forward and they made a mistake because a lot this the stage kind of had some some blind targets where if you forgot them you were gonna have to run back so I remember asking the range master at the time hey what what, is, what should I do here you know should I jump up on there and just be worried about the time or or what do you think I should do if I know they missed them because the PCC guys, we were struggling to get the time because of how far they were from those targets that they would forget. And his number one answer, and I, I took it to heart, and it was, a, I, to me, it's where I learned a lot of the philosophy 
of my RO style, right? Safety first. I'd rather you not get shot, Tom. <laughs> I'd rather you not get shot than get the time, right? I'd rather you not be downrange on the target or, or from the gun than to have the, the, the time. And me knowing that, what I did is I set up halfway if they forgot that target. So instead of getting right on top of him or the shooter, whoever it was, I would hold that timer out as far as I could and I would hold it up and angled so that the, the actual microphone was forward, but I could see the time click. So I knew every single time that I was getting the last shot. And I ended up not having one single reshoot or one single time. I never once had a safety issue because I thought of safety first on that situation. And the shooter just, they either forgot it or never came back. One or the other. So again, I just, I want you to realize that at the end of the day, you're not even supposed to be involved <laughs> in the stage. You're there to hold the timer. I, I probably said that about 10 times by now, but I see too many ROs interjecting, getting involved, right? You're not supposed to be there to do anything but call the time. You can have fun, enjoy your time with the shooters. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not saying to make it a job, but just know that when it's time to shoot, the times the guys are shooting, you're there to hold the timer, pretty much it, and for safety. All right, and this should be my last topic because there's a lot of things that are in ROing, but this should be the last topic. And I think this is one of the topics that, this is where the NRI I don't think really talks enough about, but we need to. When you are ROing, you have many jobs as an RO. The number one job they always talk about is, you know, safety, which is, like I said, it's the number one job. The next thing is they tell you to watch the gun the entire time. That is terrible advice, and I'm going to tell you why. If the shooter is shooting and standing still and not moving, why are you watching the gun? They're not going to DQ while they're holding the gun and pointing it at a target. When are they going to DQ? When they leave those array of targets. Uh, when they're reloading, that's when they're gonna DQ. If they're aiming at a target and pulling the trigger on that specific target or that specific array, they're probably not gonna send one over the berm. Again, probably. <laughs> So you need to use all of your vision to RO. And what I mean by that is you need to go back and forth between the targets they're shooting and the gun. Back to the targets, back to the gun. Back to the targets, back to the gun. The reason why I say it's so important to look at the targets is because you need to see if they shot at everything. As an RO, you should be counting the shots that they shoot. So if they shoot two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve in one array, you need to kind of have an idea that they shot at everything. Now, I'm not telling you to go one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But you can you need to kind of be 
aware <laughs> of what they're going to do when they get to that position. Are they coming in there and shooting one piece of steel and then leaving? Uh, you know, there's all those things are involved. If you are a good RO or want to become a great RO, those are the things that you need to put into your repertoire of shooting or as a shooter. Sorry, as an RO. You should 100% be looking to watch the hits hit the paper. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important because it's very important. All right. It's very, very important. I'm on uh, a very bad road, so hopefully this isn't too shaky. Again, trying a new thing, everything else, so hopefully this all works out. As an RO, when you go to score, and you know they shot a mic because you watched them shoot a mic, <laughs> it's very easy to talk to a shooter then and say, hey, listen, man, you hit this barrel. Um, I watched you, you, you right here, you hit the barrel. Uh, you shot it over the top left corner or the bottom left or the bottom right, top right, whatever they did. You can make that call a lot easier and explain to the shooter, listen, man, I saw you miss it, right? You can put your hand up and, and point it to the target for the other ROs to look at it when they get there, right? Again, using your team to help you RO so that it's not all on you. When you watch the gun, you have no idea what they've shot at, where they've shot it, how many targets they shot at, if they shot a no-shoot that they might have to come back for, like my dumbass did. There's a lot of things that you can use because they're shooting, or because you're watching the targets that they're shooting at. I don't know how many times that I have watched people shoot doubles into the target and I never had to pull out an overlay because I watched the bullets hit the target. I never, I could just walk up to the target and go, two alphas, one here, one here. Uh, it, it, I, saw, I saw it hit. I watched the target. I watched him shoot it. I watched him shoot it. <laughs> Where I've learned that was PCC because I would get a lot of doubles with my PCC on close targets. And I would have a lot of issues where I was, I had to constantly, I don't want to say constantly argue, but I constantly had to say, I, I, I shot two in there. I know 100% I watched it hit it. You know, I, I mean, the target's five feet, kind of thing. So that's when I learned as an RO, I would watch PCC shooter shoot it, and I'd be like, yeah, that's a double. I watched it hit it. I'd pay attention to the targets. And I would go back and forth between the gun and the targets, gun and the target. So if the guy transitions movement, I'm focusing on the gun. I'm focusing on the trigger finger. I'm not watching the targets he's running to. I'm watching the gun. He'd get to a position, and I'd watch the gun. As he entered, he started shooting targets. I'd look up before he pulled the trigger and start watching targets to see where, where his bullets were going. You have to be proactive as an RO. Right? You have to be very proactive as an RO so that you don't have any controversial calls. You don't have to be to make those tough calls. Right? That's why some of the best ROs are some of the best shooters because they know how you're going to run the stage. So they're watching you shoot the stage and predicting where you're going to go. Right? Predicting where you're going to go. All right. So 
one last subject. I almost forgot this one. I actually turned the camera off and had to start all over. Or <laughs> I just add this to it. One last subject. As the CRO, you are the gentleman or lady in charge. You should not be on the timer if you don't have to be. <laughs> and the reason I say that, and I, I, I'm not sure how the, I like to run the timer when I'm on the, the stage. I'm a big, I'm big about running the timer. I, I like to be busy. I'll run the pad or the timer. I, I don't care either one, but I want to be busy. I don't mind running shooters. I mean, I, I don't know how many matches I've ran that people were like, let me run the timer. And I'm like, no, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to stand over there. I, I want to work. I want to, I want to be busy. So I get that part. But if you are a CRO and you are in charge of being the CRO on that stage, you are the boss. I don't want to say boss because there's no, it's not that, but you are the guy that's had the extra training and you are the one that's going to make the final decision before, okay, before you call the range master. A lot of things can be handled before you have to call the range master if you are objective and you can see, you can see what happened, okay? You can see what happened from the outside looking in. So if you are not, if you are off the timer, you're going to see more. Because when you have the timer, your job is very pinpoint and very direct to get the time, watch for safety on the gun, all those different things I've already talked about. So it's very important that you realize, okay, that if you are the CRO, you are the last, I don't want to say line of defense, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but the last line of defense to make sure that the shooter gets the correct call, all right, they get the correct call, as well as, as well as making sure that you keep the stage moving and flowing, all right? That is part of your job as well as the CRO is to make sure that everything flows, that none of your shooters are screwing around and they're not taking forever to get up there and all those kind of things. Because there are people that are inconsiderate and don't give a shit about anybody else and take forever to go get their gun. They, you know, the, the, some of the PCC guys won't have their, their rifle ready when it's their turn. You know, there's a, and that's not a jab towards PCC. That's just a jab towards anyone who's not ready. Guys walk up. They don't have their Mags, you know, you know all these different things. So, when you are the CRO, you're the one that's going to make those harder decisions. Okay, you're the guy that's got to make those. I don't want to say controversial calls, so that because they should never be controversial. It should be it's this or it's this. There's there should no be no gray area. If you call it Charlie. And it's a Charlie, call it a Charlie. If it's close to the line and the shooter still thinks it's an alpha, that's why we have the processes we have. It's not personal, okay? It should go range officer to CRO, to CRO to range master, period. The CRO should not be in direct conversation with the shooter unless they have to. That CRO is there to pretty much supervise the stage. If your ROs need a break, then I understand the CRO taking over. That, that makes sense. 
But if you have enough ROs with experience, you should definitely try to manage your stage instead of being the head RO with the timer. The reason I say that is because the RO with the timer is going to have a lot less vision of what actually happens on your stage or on the stage. So I just kind of want it like you're, you're the manager of the stage. That's why when you watch a lot of the guys or a lot of the range masters who build matches, they make sure that there's a CRO on every stage if they have them. There's a reason for that. It's because you are supposed to be the person that has the most knowledge of the rule book, the most knowledge of how to make those hard calls. Because you're not usually getting the, hey, listen, man, uh, can you make this two alpha call when the shots are like this? You're getting the call when it's a double, right? Or someone asked for a double on a 50-yard swinger with hard cover on it, right? Like those are the questions. Those are where you're usually getting those conversations. So if you're involved in the actual stage run, you, didn't, you can't see how he actually shot it. That, that's just, there's no way you can see how he actually shot it if you're trying to get the last time and it's his last shot on that type of a target, right? It's going to be difficult. Your, your, your focus isn't 100% on seeing how he's, where his feet were, how he's moving around the stage, all those type of things. So it's really important that as a CRO, if you can, you should try to manage your team, right? I'm not telling you to sit on your ass and not do anything because... We all have seen people that do that, but instead of being the guy on the timer, take the pad, take the pad. That way, if you have the pad, you can watch your RO. You also need to be watching your RO, your staff, your, 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 the guys that you're a team with. You need to make sure that that RO is in the proper position on your stage. If he's out of position, right? If you have someone that's supposed to be watching the 180 and someone isn't doing that, someone could get hurt. So it's very important to manage your team. And I don't mean be bossy. Like, obviously, you're, you're equal to everyone else. You just have a little more experience or knowledge or, I guess, an extra certification of, of being an RO. So that's why you're there to, to kind of keep an eye on that. Last thing, and this is so important for everyone to realize, the RO job is not easy. It's not always fun. It's a thankless job. So right now I want to thank every single RO, including the guy <laughs> that I wasn't happy with at Area 6. Thank you for working the matches. This sport doesn't exist at all, honestly, without you. Without you being a volunteer without you volunteering to put the matches up to staff the range masters everybody without you guys or you ladies folks there's no majors there's no match there's nothing so when you're a shooter think of that think about standing on a range for 10 hours straight in 90 degree heat 
course. So that means they get there at 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, have to put up new targets, get everything set up, Re resupply all the supplies, have the paint ready. Everything has to be put back wherever it was buzzed the day before. They have to do the stage briefing godless amount of times. Who knows? Ridiculous amounts of times. <laughs> over and over and over again. They have to make the same, walk the same stage a million miles before the match is over. They have to make controversial calls, even though they're not controversial, but if you're arguing a call, it's controversial with a shooter, <laughs> obviously. But there is a lot that goes into that job, a lot. The reason I decided that I needed to make this video wasn't to bash ROs. So please, if it sounds anything like that, even a little bit, do not take it that way. This is meant to educate. Not that I'm better than any other RO. This is just the experience that I've seen, the things that I've seen and the type of experiences that I've had in shooting. I've seen these personally happen in my own eyes, okay? So I, I know what can get better and what to watch out for. So I was hoping, and I still do, or I hope that this helps because this will make your life as an RO easier. And hopefully for people who are new to ROing, they, they, they get this from the beginning because that was one thing I didn't have someone, I took the RO class, took the CRO class, but these all come from experience. It's all experience with some of the things that I just brought up. They're not something that you directly get in a class. It's from being on the range and, and experiencing them while you're on the range ROing people. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much so much to all the ROs, all the ROs. It is a thankless job and it shouldn't be. One day, hopefully we'll get paid to RO these matches, right? Obviously free matches and a lot of people are able to do this sport because they RO. So remember that the next time you see an RO and you feel like cussing them out or getting pissed off because they called a DQ, think about that they're not paid. This isn't their job. They are just like you and I, but dumb enough to RO. <laughs> if you have any questions, hit me up in those comments, and I'll see you on the range.